Hey everybody, this is Matt, just giving you a heads up that we had some audio issues for this episode number 7 that went for about 11 minutes. There's a slight reverb, we tried to remove it in post-production. There will be some weird audio effects that you will hear throughout the first portion of the show. Um, Thank you for your patience, and uh, we'll try to work on everything and get it back to where it should be for future episodes. Thank you. and Matt show the disc golf podcast you've been looking for it is week number seven incredible that we've made it into week seven it feels like we've been planning this for a while but man here we are that's over a month and a half now Nick how are you doing I'm doing very well how about you Good. So every week I ask how you're doing. You say you're doing very well. We know you drill holes and yeah. we know that you blow things up. Which which happened today? I blew things up. Really? Yeah. Well, I help blow things up. I don't actually get to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I do a lot. I help out. I mean, so I, but I don't have my license to do it. So <laughs> it's weird. So it's the 4th of July week and you get to play yeah. with the biggest firecrackers. Yep. I don't think that's what they call them. but The loudest ones too. All right. So the show topics tonight, um, we can see people joining in live, which is always excellent. Um, And if you're listening post, that's amazing too. In fact, I try to always listen to our own show post to see the experience that you're getting and we try to fix and correct and make it better. If you have any comments, you're listening to the audio only, whether it's on Spotify, iTunes, um, or SoundCloud or wherever that is, be sure to let us know. You can email us, you can message us directly through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you want to do that. Um, Tonight's topics, we're going to talk about CVS Sports Um, The Sports Network, and there's been a lot of chatter about this because last week, 10 minutes, Nick, Mm -hmm. 10 minutes before our show started, this announcement was made. And we're like, we were kind of talking, oh, we heard rumors, and then people are confirming, no, it was true. So we're going to talk about that actually with all the information that we now have. And guess what? We're bringing on Jeff Spring. Who has a lot of knowledge about it. Yeah, Jeff Spring, the CEO of the Disc Golf Pro Tour. He'll be coming in later. Um, Matt, real quick, I want to talk about the fly in the room, not the elephant, but the fly in the room. (laughs) Guys, we have a fly just buzzing around us. We tried to kill him and get him out of this room. So every so often, you're going to see our eyes wander. (laughs) Apologies. There's a very annoying big fly. Just hopefully, yeah, hopefully the audio listeners don't hear the buzzing. I don't think they will. We've got our stuff set up pretty well. Um, We're actually, thanks to everybody, incredible Nick. How many followers did we say we had last week, or I should say subscribers on YouTube when we had Steve Dodge on? What was that was number? Like 420, 430, something he, like that. Yeah. The beginning of the show, it was like yeah. 420. And he said, if you get to 500, he's going to give away one of his birdie games, his disc golf board games. Yeah. And By the Boda Brothers. Nick, we got like 530 now. Yep. We, we got 100 more since last show. So we keep increasing maybe we'll talk about later doing our giveaway for the thousand is there something you'd like to toss out there as initial prize well initial prize for the thousand subscriber giveaway i have a couple proto kongs or proto zeus's sitting downstairs at my house right now i will find one of the best looking ones out of that and for the thousand person giveaway i will uh i'll put that in it wow Okay, so that's the initial prize. We're going to continue to build that as we get closer to the 1,000 
subscriber on YouTube giveaway. Now, we're doing well on iTunes and Spotify, but we're going to focus on this giveaway for YouTube. So if you are listening, go ahead and subscribe over there. Check out our content. See, maybe you're afraid to see what we look like and you just like hearing our voices. But anyways, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. So we're going to do that giveaway. Um, probably about the middle of the show, we're going to give, give that away. And yep. then what I would like to do is just remind everybody, um, we are doing this show for fun on our end. We yeah. don't have any advertisers. We don't have Patreon. And that doesn't mean we're not going to. But if you guys could do something for us right now, consider sharing this. And I think giving us a review on iTunes would really help. Giving us likes on the YouTube video really help. Commenting really helps. Just the engagement level. If you just do some form of engagement, maybe even give us a, a review on yeah. iTunes. Like, Right, like, hey, these guys stink or whatever. Just give us a five-star review. Say whatever something. you want. Five-star, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> and then, uh, so here, without further ado, Nick, we're going to have someone on the show tonight. Have you ever met, the, met this person in person? I have. I've actually stayed at his house before. Okay, well, his name... 2017. <laughs> his name is uh, Nate Heinold, and we're going to go ahead and bring him on the show now. So, Nate, how are you doing, man? Good. I'm I'm trying to remember when Nick stayed at my house and I'm it was legit not remembering. 2017, we had Paul's truck and trailer at the time. Hunter Thomas right. and I were just casually staying with Paul during the whole thing. And so luckily you let us stay at your well, we stayed outside at your house. Technically not inside of it. You had like eight people downstairs. We stayed in the outside. We had the um the truck and trailer, so all right. So you you guys just caught up. Nate's like, I don't remember when you stayed in my, my house. And um, that's, <laughs> that's super funny. Um, so, all right. Well, let's go ahead and get right into it. So, Nate, there's a lot of stuff going on for you right now. Besides COVID-19 and planning a huge event, you're also re, or I should say, trying to be reelected onto the board of PDGA, the board of directors. Um, so, is there anything else going on that we should bring up later? Are those the major things? Yeah. I mean, running for the board and running Ledgestone is, uh, in one summer is enough to be honest. So, uh, <laughs> I really, I really can't handle more than that considering that I don't do this full time, even though I kind of act like it. I was going to say, you, you, it seems like you do it full time. So, you don't do it full time, but you're saying you can't add more. Is that because last year you found out you, you had to tap out after running Ledgestone and Worlds? Is that like that? Which, which is more? Which, which is more wow. work last year or this year? <laughs> um, yeah, it's tough to top last year because not only did I run Worlds and Ledgestone, but then I bid on 2021 Worlds and got that. And, you know, and so. Um, I gave, I think I gave it like two weeks off and then went right into that bid. So last year, will, it'll be tough to ever top that. And that's not good. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so for sure. Um, Nick, have you ever been out to the Ledgestone? I have 2017. So what was that like? If you don't throw far, it's a very not great time. Not just kidding. I, I had a really fun time. Actually, I thought the course was pretty fun because we just did the Uricate temp course back then. But, uh. I, I enjoyed it, I actually, because in Massachusetts, we don't get to play open disc golf. And a lot of the holes there are open holes with kind of man-made OB, which we don't experience up here. So for me, it was just a cool experience to go out and actually do it. So Awesome. So 
let's see here. We had some people just give it, and this is the best part about doing live, Nick. We get some real-time feedback. Someone was like, hey, you might have a little bit of echo. And how do, I will see. Maybe I fixed it. Maybe I didn't. But we're going to continue to go. Let me know if you guys hear that. Um, but let me ask you this, Nate. Um, being a public figure in disc golf, uh, in public as you can be, I feel like, in disc golf, I mean, uh, people know Paul Macbeth. People know Ricky. Um, you know some of the big names at Innova and Discraft. And, and then you have TDs. You have Steve Dodge. You've got Nate Heinel. You've got some other great ones, too. But being a public figure in disc golf, and I can say uh, I'm not very public, but what we do with kids disc golf puts us out there and doing this show puts us out there. I get roasted on YouTube all the time. <laughs> Let me ask this. There's people out there, I'm sure, and I'm not really you know, taking too wild of a stab here, that don't really like you or your platform. And what are some of the criticisms that have come your way over all of your years of being this public disc golf figure? Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I think the biggest criticism that I have received over the years was I put a uh, faith statement on the back of my caddy guide one year. Um, actually, I do that every year, so I, I shouldn't say one year. And I had a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot. It was probably a small minority of criticism um, not even criticism. It was more hatred, to be <laughs> honest, um, which is fine. I, I can accept that. So I, I think that was putting a Christian faith statement on the back of the caddy guide um, seems pretty innocent to me, but that got me into some some significant uh, pushback. Um, and then probably five years ago, I used to post more political things, and I've gotten away from that. <laughs> um, but... Two years ago, we had an issue with the hotel where some players had been smoking marijuana and the hotels were very unhappy with me. And they reported it to the, you know, the uh, the the people that helped fund the event. And it kind of ticked me off. And I posted about it. I'm just saying, you know, if you're going to do that, you know, do it where it's legal and on your own time. Yeah. And I think that that got me into a lot of heat. And I, I said the word marijuana and not, you know, cigarettes. And at the time, I think if I had said, Hey, people were smoking in hotel rooms and they were smoking cigarettes and they caused some damage. Nobody would have batted an eye, to be honest. I mean, nobody wants to see hotels be damaged, but because it was, I said, marijuana, you know, that was a trigger basically. So <laughs> yeah, that's a hot topic, but, but we live, so Nick lives a couple miles away and so do I of the first uh, marijuana recreational dispensary that opened east of the Mississippi in Leicester, Massachusetts, uh, right that's home huge. of Maple Hill. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was cars backed up for hours, not letting people get in. And you have people driving by being like, who are these crazy hippies that want to smoke weed? And it's like... All different perspectives. That's the reality. Yep. There's all different perspectives. Um, people want to spend their time and money however they want to spend it. And for us to share an opinion or for you to share an opinion, yeah, you're probably going to receive criticism for that. Um, and, it, and I had no, you know, what somebody does in their private time is their own thing. It was more of a, at the time, it wasn't legal in Illinois and it definitely wasn't legal in a hotel room. And those hotels support the event through the local convention bureaus. 
And I let my frustration go to Facebook and there were hundreds of comments. I mean, it, it was shocking to be honest. So <laughs> it, it's insane that people would comment kind of against that. It's like, Hey, this hotel helped you guys out. You're not doing the right thing by that hotel. And yet you're going to get mad at Nate for making a post about it. Like that's just, oh, that's comical to me. Well, one day Nick is our night. Nick's the nice guy on the show Sometimes. and he doesn't say too many things to yeah. tick people off. And don't, don't wear headphones during uh, <laughs> tournament play. <laughs> that's his strongest hot take. Don't wear headphones during <laughs> tournament play. Um, and so because of that, he's like, yeah, I'm surprised people get ticked off. Just wait till one day he does. He just blasts someone. And then he's like, whoa, like, I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully so, it doesn't have to happen. So thanks for sharing that with us. Um, so kind of maybe in the same vein as that, um, what is something that you believe is probably misunderstood about you? So like you think in a general sense, you get a feeling that they're, they're misunderstanding. I say they, I just mean in a general audience way of all the, the disc golfers in the world. Like what might be the most misunderstood thing about you? Um, probably two things. One, uh, Paul and I are actually friends. So there's kind of this running joke that Paul likes to, you know, play on that he hates me. And it's kind of funny to see it on, on Facebook, but Paul and actually, Paul and I are actually pretty close. So, um, but I think it's funny that, uh, some people think that Paul hates me. In fact, that's hilarious. So, um, so that's kind of a comical thing, but on the, on the serious note, I think when people see me at Ledgestone, um, you know, throughout the year, they probably have asked me a question if they're playing. And if I think I can come across as very busy or in a quick, I, I need to get going. If I'm doing something at Ledgestone, which is, I am 21 hours a day, you know, I'm on a mission and, some people, players, they don't, they have time to do whatever they want. They want to stop me and talk to me. And I just don't have the time to do that. And so I think some people probably think I'm abrasive at Ledgestone, but it's really that I'm, um, I'm that busy that I don't even have time to say hi, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, look at that 2017, I went and stayed a week at his house and he doesn't even remember me. So you can just tell it's a busy work <laughs> week for him. uh so that it's just one of those things being in the in the public it's it's and i'm speaking from um i'm not going to go through the history of my life but my life was kind of on a pedestal in a lot of ways and it's just constantly in to be a politician now hey how do you feel like there's the things that correlate here to being a politician the word election i mean do you feel like you have to come off as a very balanced person or do you just speak exactly what you feel in in a strate- i guess i'd say a strategic way just because you've learned that or do you have to like pull back and say things that you think people will like <laughs> um i i used to speak my mind a lot more when i was younger um i've learned to keep certain things to myself for sure. Um, you know, nowadays I feel like I could say the wrong thing and get sued. So, you know, so it's, it's really better for me to speak when I have something really important to say, but I still fail at that. When it comes to COVID or politics or anything, I haven't posted a lot of things, but when I see something bad enough, I have no problem speaking out and calling out 
whoever it is, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's super important. At least this is what I've experienced in my life. It's super important that just because of opposition or conflict that we don't sit back if we believe something. Now, to say something doesn't mean that we're right. And I think is if you're in a good place, that's something that everyone should bring to a conversation. Like, it doesn't mean I'm right, but this is what I believe and I need to speak on it. So that's good. I, I think in my, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd say my, yeah, it's probably my college years. I used to be very vocal too. I loved the conversation. Like, I was talking about weed becoming legalized with people in a conservative circle and people were roasting me like, what are you even talking about? And, and so it, it's an interesting conversation to be had, especially in relation to PDGA. Mm -hmm. So you served on there the last three years is what you just said earlier. Um, can you tell us a little bit without names, without topics, or maybe you want to give both of those? Um, what's it like to be in a conversation with the other board of directors? Does it get does it get high conflict levels or is it really calm? What Just kind of illustrate maybe from an insider's point of view, what happens in those meetings? Yeah, there have been, I mean, for the most part, it's very civil. Um, we don't have, uh, you know, most of the decisions that we make are mostly unanimous, to be honest. But there have definitely been um, a couple discussions that were, very heated um you know not that we were getting angry and shouting but um there have been some times when we definitely did not agree and it was a big enough decision and it took us a while to get there um and it has nothing to do with politics and just, it's just more of a it's just you know some people like status quo and doing the same thing and some people want to make some changes and you know i fall on the side of making changes so mm. so being being on the board of directors obviously you guys you know talk about a lot of things for someone who's kind of let's say new to the sport or new to politics in general in our sport what what do you do as a board of director like what are you running for your re-election just give us kind of like the insights maybe even a topic or two if you can of what you guys have talked about changes you're making or whatever well my platform that i'm running on is continuing to um, try to get disc off into schools youth and education so that's one side of it and then uh, supporting the just general disc golf tour um, so i think we have a lot of growth opportunity in both of those um, you start with you know young kids and that seems um, like a great opportunity. If you get disc golf into schools, you're going to have more kids playing disc golf. They're going to grow up. They're going to want to be Paul Macbeth, Ricky Wysocki, Paige Pierce, etc. At the same time, we need to have a successful tour. We need to have majors. Yeah. Um, if you know, if the players are competing for hundreds of dollars, they're not going to be able to make it. And so we need them to be competing for thousands and thousands of dollars. All of a sudden, you create rivalries. You create Ricky versus Paul, Paige versus Cat, and people get interested. They buy their discs. They buy their sports cards. Yeah. All of a sudden, that ten-year-old is interested for the next thirty years. You know, I've been playing disc golf for twenty years. I didn't even know about the PDJ until ten years ago, and so um, that's kind of you know my platform per se. Yep. So that's interesting because I love how it actually is like falling in line almost. And I'm not trying to tie you to Steve Dodge, but like Steve was saying, he created the disc golf pro tour because, um, 
he felt like there wasn't uh, a show, if you will, for the kids to see. And to grow the sport, you got to get the kids or the youth invested. And if there wasn't that show, per se, uh, that the pros to look up to, that um, it it wouldn't inspire the next generation. And so that's really cool because what you're saying now is you're like, hey, I want to get it into schools because now there is a show to see. Um, and it's important that we do that. And I think that's great. And so, yeah. anyways, yeah, and, thanks. And, that's cool. And part of what he was talking about designing the pro tour and everything like that was to have a tour so the guys could, or the pro disc golfers, guys and girls could make a living out of it. So people aren't playing for lunch money or gas money or something like that. They can actually make a decent living or get their name out there a little bit more to have their sponsorships help them out a little bit more. So, yeah, for sure. So that's your platform. Can you tell us, um, I guess maybe that's really what it is, but what's the... The practicality of it, like, so people listening right now are like, hey, why should I vote for you? And they think, oh, that's a nice idea. You know, he's going to try to get it in the schools. Is that, I mean, the practical reason, what would you say to get people out to vote for you? Like, what's the, I don't need you to bash on other, other, um, uh, not politicians, candidates, (laughs) candidates. There's the word. I don't want you to bash on them unless that's what you feel like you want to do. But, um, why should they vote for you? What's going to happen? Yeah. What's going to happen, Nate, if they don't vote for you? I mean, and let's say crazy, you get bumped out. Um, what's going to happen? Yeah, I do worry about um, the tour and and play and touring players. Um, it's not that the rest of the board doesn't care about those things because they do really. I mean, Elaine King is on the board. She's a five-time world champion. Other people care about the tour. It's just I'm the chair of the majors committee and the NT committee. You know, I'm the one really on the board, at least, that's driving the bus for that. Um, you know, I'm I've hosted worlds. I'm hosting, you know, future worlds. I really probably have the most experience when it comes to the tournament direction side, fundraising side. I mean, there's no tournament in the world that raises more money than Ledgestone. And so I can bring that experience to the board you know, I have a master's degree in, in business and, you know, Elaine King has endorsed me. Justin Menachelli, who's our board president, you know, says he's voting for me. So those are the people that, you know, are I'm working with a lot and they're saying, you know, we need Nate on the board. I mean, both of them have told me that and have posted that basically. So, well, there's no doubt that your fundraising skills and just your drive to make Ledgestone the biggest and best tournament every single year. There's no doubt that you are the best one to do that. Do you have a total number of how much money you've donated to charitable funds from your events? Like just a rough number over the years? I mean, um, yeah, it's around 125,000 and wow. we hope to give another 30,000 plus this year. That's awesome. We had some people earlier um, where I sometimes I put out who the guest is on the show and we have people ask some questions. And that was one of them uh, about donations. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really awesome that you're doing that. Um, can you can you tell us, has your perspective changed um, since? So let's go timeline here. Before you were on the board of directors three years ago, you came onto the board of directors and you started working hard or you're probably working hard before that. But you started working hard in a new platform in a new way. Um, how has your perspective shifted over the past three years, maybe in regards to how to grow disc golf? Is it is it tied into the youth or is it something different or just what's your perspective shift over the past three years? I think it's made me more confident in both of the things that I'm I'm passionate about, which is youth disc golf and the tour. I mean, before I ran, 
that was kind of what I thought was the right thing. And really, uh, you know, seeing kids at Ledgestone, um, seeing, you know, kids disc golf in action, I really think that's the future. If you get kids, if you get kids when they're young, you know, and you create those rivalries that they want to get Paul's autograph, get Paige's autograph, Ricky and Kale and those kind of people, and they want to go watch. If, if you just look at how many people came out to Worlds last year to watch, we had over 2,000 people, which is capacity at Eureka on the final day. That's what will grow disc golf is getting more eyeballs, more people interested. Peoria has gone from just a small little disc golf town to being a disc golf mecca now. And there's so many new players starting. All of the courses are full, you know, COVID certainly has driven some of that, but yeah. um, I think that, uh, you know, my perspective is just reinforced that the way to grow disc golf is to do that. The other perspective that I've gained is that I came onto the board wanting to change the world and realized pretty quickly that, you know, there's seven people on the board and you have to work with the staff. Yeah. And it took me a long time to get this fourth, you know, major approved and it's just now approved at the committee level. So stuff does take time. So, yeah. And, um, I just want to give a shout out too, because I wear two, <laughs> I wear one hat on the show, but it's really two hats. I'm the Nick and Matt show, but I also have kids disc golf because that's who I've been working with as kids disc golf. That's who I am. That's who my brother is a partner. And that's who we brought on some others to help support the team this year. Um, what we do is try to provide competitive opportunities for the youth because, and this is just all tying together. And this is the awesome thing about disc golf is how the community works. You had someone like Steve Dodge envisioned the disc golf pro tour. You have someone like Nate who's seeing the importance of youth and there's other organizations out there as well. We don't want to ignore them, but mm -hmm. he's on the board of directors and he runs Ledgestone. Um, he's someone who's qualified to do these things. And we believe that the competition needs to be there because Nate, you're going to introduce or you're going to help get the introduction to, Hey, I just realized I'm talking to someone on the board of directors. And if he's there again, I've got his ear right now. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> if you guys at the PDGA are introducing kids to disc golf at the school, that is excellent. And now we have the show that they want to watch, but we've seen at kids disc golf. And this is literally why we exist. We saw this missing piece that said, where's their step from introduction to competition it, there or or sh i should say to engagement beyond if their parents aren't in the sport they don't usually go out and play at the the local park mm -hmm. um and so when they learn about it at school they kind of think it's a gym sport but if we can say hey there's a competition for you which is there's probably local events which we try to inspire but we also run the u.s national championships and and this is where i'm getting to is you put in a bid um along with our support for sure but for Junior Worlds, which was going to be 2021, now pushed back to 2022. But I just want to say firsthand experience, Nate's practicing what he preaches. Mm -hmm. um, and that to me, and I'll just say it, I guess, as kids disc golf, we, we endorse Nate fully here. So if you're listening to the show as Nick and Matt, take it for what it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> if you know me as kids disc golf, uh, definitely the, the I stand Nick behind that. Show yeah. So it's Nate Heinold as well. Oh, okay. So there we go. That's <laughs> <laughs> official. <laughs> so we well, don't have to be people watching. We definitely don't have to be unbiased here. Um, so that's excellent. We're, we're glad, we're glad uh, for you, Nate, and we appreciate what you're doing. Um, is there anything that you'd like to tell us? I think one of the intro, I mean, you can tell us anything, but is there, um, the ledge stone insurance open? Can you tell us two things? 
what is Ledstone Insurance? And secondly, how did the Ledstone Insurance open originate? What was the vision there? Uh, Ledstone Insurance is the agency that I, um, you know, work for with M at all of the above. So I kind of started when it was just in its infancy. And, uh, and so I've been there now for 10 years in October. And when I first started, it was just uh, me and my, my partner. And now we have, you know, maybe who knows, I've lost count 20 employees. Um, but I wanted a way to promote actually insurance to disc golfers locally. So I started an unsanctioned disc golf event, um, in June of 2011 and it filled up quickly and it kind of, that was kind of my first taste into saying, I like doing this. And it's kind of spiraled from 105 players to 1400 this year. Yeah. Over, <laughs> yeah. That's insane. To so, go from unsanctioned to the largest payout in PDGA history. And that was back. So we were actually, we were in A tier in 2012. So I just skipped over back then it was allowed kind of if you had a good plan so i went from unsanctioned to an a tier um and then in 2013 i bid on becoming a national tour event that happened in 15 and then uh, steve dodge had been trying to get the pro tour approved and it fell through kind of at the last second and he was done and then i called him and said hey let's you need to see this through and then that happened so Steve, Steve had said that it fell through a couple of times when it came to just that final voting process of it, whatever happens. He said it fell through a couple of times. So kudos to him for consistently doing that. And right back, you know, to you as well to push him to get that pro tour started. I mean, I think everyone can say at this point, everyone loves the pro tour and luckily it's the only disc golf going on right now. So, (laughs) you know, yeah, I've always seen your support uh, vocally, um, through social media and in person for the disc golf pro tour. And you are, um, well, I'm not sure. Are you an original event for the disc golf pro tour? I think there was like yeah, six actually, originally. Yeah. Um, and Steve has said this before. Um, and so I'm not saying anything that's not public, but really the first six months of the pro tour, uh, Steve and I talked pretty much every night. So, um, we were kind of planning and designing it. And then eventually, it just, I, I let Steve do his thing, but I actually recruited um, Jeff to the Pro Tour and then um, Silver Cup, actually, in the first year. And then I even had talked to Ray Jordan about the Majestic. So um, so it was kind of Steve and I at the beginning. Steve's vision, 100%. Um, but, you know, I was there with Steve at the beginning, and so I was one of the first events. Yeah. Awesome. So can I ask, um, running Worlds and running Ledgestone in the same year, you said it's hard to top that as far as how much work went into that. Um, I think obviously trying to navigate COVID this year and running Ledgestone um, and trying to get reelected is a lot as well. But yeah, doing both of those events, can I ask, um, is it in your personality that like it's just something in you is a driven, ambitious person? Or do you literally, I mean, maybe it's part of that. Or do you literally see this need and you just are like, I have the ability, I am the person that should be doing this. Like, is it just part of your personality or do you just see such a compelling need? 
Uh, there are a lot of good TDs. Um, you know, Jeff and Steve are both great TDs. There are plenty of good TDs, but I really wanted to raise the bar with Worlds in terms of not just the added cash, but the spectator experience. You know, world champions are showing up and they have parking spaces with their name on it. Um, you know, we had we brought in over thirty thousand dollars just from parking revenue, and so setting that expectation for other events to say. We don't want to host worlds because we can't make money off of it or we can't even break even. And I kind of tried to raise the bar. So that's one side of it is I wanted to raise the bar. Um, But the other other side of it is that I really do just enjoy running um, large disc golf events. I mean, I've helped build and design a lot of these courses here. And it really is rewarding to have the best players in the world come here and cry to be honest you know when they throw their favorite i'm kidding so i'm kidding but it's, re- <laughs> it's, it's rewarding feeling. to see them come here and be in awe of northwood gold or get frustrated at eureka or, or whatever it is um it, it's kind of cool so now I, i've seen on your instagram for the ledstone insurance you guys are building eureka permanent course is that going to be installed by the time the ledstone insurance open happens this year yeah, we actually already have a permanent course there. We're, we're just redesigning it. Oh, and okay. so I'm looking at my calendar right now. It'll be done here in a few weeks. So yep. um, in time for Ledgestone. And then we're also, we've been designing and building for the last nine months, another course in Morton. And that's opening here in two weeks. So nice. um, we're actually probably finishing it tomorrow so, um, and Saturday. So yeah. Will that completely take out Eureka Temp Course? Oh no, the I I think I will always use the temp course at Eureka nice. just just because, and I know some people don't like it and some people love it. So, yeah. but um, it's just a great for galleries, great for filming. I was gonna um, say for really, spectator friendliness. Yeah. Like you know, we have MVP open at Maple Hill, and that's very hard to have a spectator friendly environment there because of all the woods that the pro players are going to. But when you see these tournaments on ball golf courses or some of the European tournaments like Ledgestone now has that ability to have an incredible gallery. Like you said, over 2,000 people on the final day. That's insane for a tournament that's happening here in America. You yeah, know. people love you know Northwood Gold and the, and the MPO players are playing there this year. But there's some holes out there where really I, I can't even fit like 25 people in the hole. In fact, I can't fit any on yeah. the hole and be safe. Exactly. Uh, and Especially that's even when you have the top card in filming. So, you know. Yeah. Do you feel like, and I didn't have this question in our notes, but I thought about it, I don't know, a week or two ago. Do you feel like disc golf is going to turn a little bit more golf-esque in terms of uh, viewing as a, a, a participant, not as a participant, as a viewer um, and a fan to be more like golf in the sense that you more or less get a ticket to stay at a hole? Or like a green, like that's what I'm going to watch for this tournament. Um, do you ever see that being something? Like, have you even thought about that idea, or is there just not enough um, fans yet out at the course? Um, I, I don't think we're there yet. Um, I think, you know, even the Masters. I mean, you can get a ticket. It's general admission. It's just wherever you put that seat down, and you're there the rest of the day because you want to have a good spot. But yeah. I don't think we'll see that. But I will. I do think we'll see more big tournaments um, go to courses that are more open air. You have the European Open. They can fit thousands of spectators. You have the USDGC. You have my event. You have the San Francisco Open on an open air course. Fox Run at at Smugs is one of the 
two courses there. That's you know, that one's open air. You're probably going to see, you know, and you see the preserve this weekend in Minnesota, open air course. Yeah. So I think, and GBO, open air course. So I think you're going to see that become more of the norm, even though my favorite course in the world is Maple Hill. And I was, so. and, and I appreciate you saying that. I think Maple Hill comes up yeah. every single week on this show. One, yes. because we live here. Yeah. But two, because people bring it up as well. And I was just going to go to that. So someone in our comments just said, tell that to the eight holes. Now, last year that was Brandon. Yeah, I was just about to say Sully's, Sully's comment about the eight holes. Yeah, and that's Brandon. About, yeah, when we talked about you know, people buying a pass to sit at one spot. There's so many great holes you can do that at Maple Hill. You can do one, eight, 14, 18. It's insane. Exactly. And so I actually think, and you were just making me excited for Steve Dodge's sake. Well, maybe it's, it's going to turn into more of an exclusive venue because the history is there that I don't think the event will ever go to the wayside just because of the history. Mm. I do think, though, they are going to have to get creative. And I think maybe they will start selling passes for eight and the hill at 13 and 11 and hole one. And I, I think that might actually be something. And just like the the demand, right? If the demand's there and, and the product's limited, like, hey, $50 to watch. I mean, if we have to limit it to 400 people on the course, I mean, I'm just saying that's really interesting topic. So you will see. Well, Maple Hill is the exception to what I just said, though. Right. So, yeah. And there are a few courses maybe that would qualify, but Maple Hill is um, I've played that tournament at least twice and I've played the course two other times. That tournament is an exception to the rule I just said. <laughs> okay, would you do this for us? And we're getting ready to wrap this up here, but we're going to let you do something because you just brought up Maple Hill and we're giving away for Steve Dodge. He said he'd give away because we reached 500 subscribers on YouTube. Um, would you go ahead and pick a number uh, between one and 500? Um, I'm going to say... 47. Okay, 47. I do not have a name yet, anybody, and don't try to figure out how I'm going to use that number. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to go through the <laughs> subscriber list, and I believe I'm going to probably go find number 47th subscriber, so really early on, um, and we will announce that, um, whether we make a post in social media or next week we'll give a name, but that is who is going to win that birdie disc golf game. Thank you, Steve Dodge, for giving that away. Thanks, Nate, for picking the winner. Is there anything you'd like to say in, in parting ways here? Just make sure to go vote. So if you're a PDJ member, you should have already gotten a ballot. And if not, you'll get it soon. It could go to your spam. Even if you don't vote for me, just vote. Just um, right. If you are going to vote for me, I would go ahead and do me and the other. Just type my name in too. So what about um, somebody who's expired their membership? If they renew right now, do they get to vote? Um, they probably wouldn't get the ballot, but they could contact the okay. PDJ office and then get a ballot that way. And so. maybe so, I shouldn't talk about this loophole, but I've got multiple kids that have a PDGA membership too. Maybe we'll just all go to you. I mean, I, 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 do, I do bribes, so <laughs> I so, if, bribe. so email, potentially spam email. Is there anywhere else that people are finding these ballots so that they know where to go? If they don't have an email, which is, I suppose, somebody yeah. in the world, I guess, um, they can contact the PDJ office to get a mailed ballot, mm -hmm. um, which sounds weird, but I guess that's how our country does voting. That's not yeah. in person. So um, so there, there is an option for a mail-in ballot. Gotcha. 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 And we kind of always, for whoever's on the show as our guests, we always give them a couple minutes or seconds to plug in all your social medias. Tell us where can the people find you? 
The people can find me on Instagram at Ledgestone Open and then Facebook at Ledgestone Insurance Open. Sweet. And that's it. I don't tweet or any of the other platforms. What what are they? TikToking now? So <laughs> all I do is uh, are are those that's all I have time for. I have an 18 month old. Yeah. So next next time I see your name, maybe we'll make a TikTok, maybe just for fun to get you out uh, on there. Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> no, we appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you a ton. Uh, it was a ton of good, insightful knowledge. Um, really quick, actually, before you leave, do you have any quick opinions on the CBS network before we have Jeff come on? <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. If I had the same opportunity, I would a hundred percent do something like that for Ledgestone. Um, and I've already told Jeff that. Yeah. So, cool. um, so I, I think, Anybody who's criticizing that, it's kind of baffling considering that almost everybody in our sport for the last 10 years has said, we need to get on ESPN or a a big network. And now they're saying, what's behind a paywall? And it's like, well, stuff's not free. So we're going to talk about this. So that was our grow the sport, but let's not spend any money growing the sport. That that's exactly where we're going to go with it tonight. So thanks for being on the show, Nate. Um, I know you're probably getting ready to go on your holiday weekend or whatever you're doing. So enjoy a happy 4th of July, uh, stay safe. And thanks for coming on. Yep. Thanks guys. All right. Easy, Nate. Bye. Yep. Okay. So that was Nate Heinold of Ledstone Insurance Open, as well as board of director member. Um, We're getting ready here to bring on Jeff Spring, uh, CEO of the Disco. CEO of the Pro Tour. But we're not quite there yet. He's a busy, busy man. So as soon as uh, we start receiving a call from him, we'll bring him right in. But... Nick, that's not to say. I was going to say, we have stuff in Here we go. You ready? This is a new segment, everybody. So let's see what you think. Okay, this segment is called Would You rather now everyone's played this game before uh well i don't i call it a game i don't know if i'd really say yeah, it. it's a game okay it's a game so here's the deal people we've came up with some would you rathers and we'd love for you to send us some um you can facebook message us or instagram message us your would you rathers and maybe we'll play them yeah. in one of our upcoming segments so this first would you rather nick let's discuss would you rather play with pants two sizes too small okay or shorts okay yeah. or a shirt three sizes too big. I'd have to go with the shirt three sizes too big because I feel like if you're wearing <laughs> stupidly tight pants, that's just that's beyond uncomfortable. But at least a shirt you can get away with. <laughs> I, I would do a shirt 100%. I, I kind of feel like I'm opposite in the sense that um, I would I would definitely wear the pants two sizes too small and that's for the sole purpose that i i can't i don't like things and i mean are we talking t-shirt though or are we talking like long sleeve three times two you know uh t-shirt because if it's a t-shirt then i i might go down that yeah. same route although think about it like your backswing a three x like so if i'm wearing yeah. a medium it's or gonna, a large it's gonna teach you to pull away outside <laughs> yeah you won't be hitting get your tangled. chest at all yeah but i feel like the pants i wouldn't be able to do like a straddle putt 
Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, if the pants are too small, I feel like I can throw better and maybe even stand still. So like for me, I'm definitely going pants two size too small. So maybe we'll make a video of it come out in the next couple of weeks (laughs) of Matt and I doing our would you rather. (laughs) So that's possible. Um, What I'm going to do, actually, and I didn't tell him we were going to do this, but Jeff Spring has made it into the green room. We're going to actually involve him in this conversation of Would You Rather. So let me let me go ahead and uh, bring him right in now. So here's Jeff Spring, CEO of the Disc Golf Pro Tour. How's it going, Jeff? Hey, guys, I'm doing pretty good. Can you hear me? All right. Oh, yeah, we can hear you. Great. And I know people have been waiting. Uh, We teased out there that you'd be coming on the show. And because of that, um, you can see people getting excited. They're like, enough with Nate, enough with Nate. We're here for Jeff. <laughs> Everyone wants no. to know the, the dirty details. Okay, but we're not quite there yet. You jumped in on us, which is perfect because you said you were ready, but we are right in the middle of a new segment called Would You Rather. So let's continue in here, Nick. So let me ask you this. Would you rather shave off all the hair off your head, including eyebrows, or lose your favorite go-to disc forever, never to be returned? What do you think? Probably the favorite go-to disc. <laughs> <laughs> so wait you would yeah. lose you're like dude i'm not shaving my eyebrows in my head yeah I don't, oh I don't, and and beard i don't know well yeah you can see my okay. beard is growing in very well no i don't i don't know dude it took me like 20 years to actually grow eyebrows that i <laughs> kind of like so i'd rather keep those and i can't i don't know i shaved my head once in 2017 like i cut it down pretty short and it wasn't pretty so i like hair. <laughs> so, so jeff how about you do you have any go-to discs you're like dude i'd rather just lose that I'll, I'll find another one. I, I probably it was it forever. Yeah, that it's forever, the, never to be returned. Um, both hair and disc. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, wait, no, 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 the hair, the, the, the hair, hair, the hair returned. comes back. Yes, the hair comes back, not the disc. Oh, I, I probably, I probably shave then. I, I already, <laughs> I already shaved my head. So. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm close. Yeah. The beard and everything. I guess I would do it too. I think that one is fairly easy. Nick, do you want to read off the third? Would you rather in yep. that list? So this one's kind of interesting. Oh, I like this one. You told me about it earlier, actually. Would you rather have a full ride sponsorship right now, meaning your attorney entry fees are paid for, your lodging, your travel, your meals, everything like that? It's all paid for, but. You would have to throw only 150 class plastic, or would you rather wait 10 more years before getting a full ride sponsorship where you could throw whatever discs you want? So you get the sponsorship now, full ride, but you have to throw 150 class for the rest of your life or for 10 years. I would say for 10 years. And then in 10, if, or if you choose to wait, you know, no sponsorship, but in 10 years, you'll have one where you throw whatever you want, full ride sponsorship. I'm going full ride right off the bat. I'll throw that 150 class nuke. <laughs> I don't know why that. I probably wait. Okay, interesting. He's like, bro, I'll just wait. Yeah. I think that's really interesting, Nick. Like, I'm, I'm what's 20, your thought process? Well, I'm young. I'm pretty young right now. You know, 10 years of playing with 150 class discs. I get to travel literally to every single tournament. All my lodging, travel, everything like that's paid for. How do you, you can't beat that, dude? I, I'd get to go to Japan Open. That sounds awesome. They're like everyone points. And back then, if last time Japan Open happened, you had to throw 150 class discs. True. So, but I have an advantage. But here you are at GBO last week, stepping up with I'd pro- 150 class. I'd probably class. still skip GBO. <laughs> 150 class at GBO. You were you out there, uh, Jeff? Where at GBO, GBO. or not GBO? Sorry, DDO. DDO. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, and it I'm, was... at, I'm at every stop. Oh yeah, that's true. So it was windy, wasn't it? It was super windy the last day. It got progressively <laughs> more windy yeah. actually throughout the event. So, so 150 class. You said you would wait. Is that because you're at DDO? No. 
<laughs> a little bit, a little bit. No, uh, it's because you know I'm I'm already out on tour right now, so <laughs> yeah, it's, doing something different. I kind of gave up those player dreams uh, back, I think, probably in two, 2013, 14 ish. You know, somewhere in there, but. Uh, but they were definitely alive and well uh, before then. So I probably would have answered differently back. Interesting, though, just and, and I don't want to get off topic here, but do you get to throw? I'm sure you get to. Do you choose to throw discs if and when you do? And do you try to make sure you have a, a, a wide range of brands or do you not care? You're like, hey, I love Innova or I love Discraft. Like, what's your perspective there? Like, this is a short question. <laughs> Just, just about the mix of brands I throw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do no, not yeah, not I, what I like are they? Try, but... I like to try all the all the new stuff that comes out, um, but I definitely like have my go tos um, that I I guess I'll leave unnamed for the moment. <laughs> okay, that's fine. So um, this question here is interesting because everybody in the show has had the chance to rub shoulders with and play disc golf rounds with the best players in the world, all of us. So it's going to be an interesting way for us to answer this question here. But here's the question. This is for the, the chat board. This is for people listening in their cars. Think about this. We'd love to know. You have one chance to play with your favorite disc golf pro. You have one chance. Would you rather play that round with them, but every time you throw your driver, it hits 10 feet in front of the, uh, in front of the tee pad, or never play with them? And Nick, I asked you this question earlier. I, spoiler alert: we yeah. we review the show sometimes. A couple of them. And Nick, what did you say? The question was, I'm sorry, I was like half paying attention. That's I okay. I said, earlier, would you rather yeah, play, with, play your with your pro, pro or hit the, or the hit dirt the... with your driver? Yeah. Every tee pad, ten feet in front. No, I just wouldn't play with Paul anymore because <laughs> I already get criticized enough, even when it's a great drive. He's like, oh, you did this wrong. It's never, it's never good enough. So, no, I would not be able to handle him trashing me for throwing 10 feet off the tee pad every time <laughs> <laughs> i and this is your current situation i feel similarly in my current yeah. situation i'm like i've already got my rounds in but let's assume you haven't put yourself in that perspective of let's say a fan of the disc golf pro tour and you're like you can play with them but you're gonna hit the you know 10 feet in front of the tee pad every throw do you still want to do it <laughs> If I'm a fan, I probably say yes. If I'm, if I'm a yeah. fan, like I'm not involved and engaged, I probably don't don't mind because I just walk and watch, uh, and hopefully I can you know have some humility and not be totally embarrassed. Uh, but that's probably that's probably me. You know, that's part uh, of the question might though. Be horrified. Yeah, that's some part of the question, right? Yeah, not yeah. being embarrassed by hitting the drive <laughs> in the ground every throw. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you like, if you if you do this about like your favorite sports star, like in the NBA, if you were gonna like just clank every shot in a yeah. game of horse, but you get to play with them i'd probably say yeah i don't mind looking like an idiot you know i get to play with them so yeah i guess i guess if you haven't had that experience to play with your favorite pro or whatever then yeah that's a great point i i mean i'd love to do a shoot around with lebron james and would i be embarrassed with my shooting skills yeah probably well that's just but, in general but let's yeah. say like you couldn't even dribble i mean that'd be something yeah. else so nick you want to get the last would you rather and then we're going to actually move into the next topic would you rather have a shot of yours featured on ESPN Sports Center Top 10 or get 5K cash prize instead? Okay, so we're not saying you're a touring pro. We're just saying some shot was captured on film. Would you rather it be featured on ESPN Top uh, Top 10 or whatever um, or immediately get a $5,000 cash prize? What's your answer? What do you think, Nick? Oh, I'd go ESPN or Sports Center Top 10. I think that'd be sick. 5000 greenbacks right right now yeah and you're like no man no, I'd, pr I'd probably the sports center one that's like a lifetime a once in a lifetime opportunity and that stays on the internet forever you're five thousand dollars yeah it'd be great we know everyone could use five thousand dollars right now 
but I don't know that. Hold on, you said it's a once in a lifetime. I think your buddy there, Paul Macbeth. How many times? Like, oh, Paul's the exception to the rule. Okay, all right. There are a couple of pros who are the exception to the rule. So but... if we ask him, would he rather? He's gonna say, "I'll take the five thousand, or does he want to be back on ESPN? I don't know. I'll ask okay. him next week. <laughs> so, no, send him yeah. a text right now. See what he says. Um, if he gets back to us, cool. If he doesn't, then he doesn't like our show anyway. So no, okay. <laughs> all right. So uh, Jeff, what's your answer on that one? You, you want the money well, or you want I, it featured? I I'd put. Five thousand bucks that Paul would say ESPN. Oh, I yeah, Nick, I, I agree with Nick, that. I think he I would actually, do the Sports Center thing. <laughs> I see. But Nick text I would it. say I would say ESPN as well. You know, yeah. because actually I, I I thought about it this way. Up at the Blue Ribbon Pines Disc Golf Course, they're having a league that has a five thousand dollar ace pot. Yeah. And if I, like I if I went up there tonight, which a, a couple of folks did, um, and said, hey, I hit this ace, I got the five thousand bucks. Would I give it all back for it to be on Sports <laughs> Center? Probably. Yeah interesting i don't know guys i do not know it depends on what the motivation for my career is or my disc golf career it really does and for where i'm at besides maybe doing like talk shows or being one of the founders of kids disc golf i don't think that it, i just don't think that it's going to drive me five thousand dollars worth of like marketing value forward and i don't know maybe it would be cool for sure maybe i'll take that five thousand get some lessons and go try to throw more shots on camera i don't know but I guess I guess if I have to answer, oh man, that is just too tough. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick ESPN. I just threw well, everyone off. Yeah. So Philo's <laughs> Philo's shot just got reposted on the ESPN page, and it's at like over 35 million views. Yeah. On Facebook, which is insane. I had somebody at my my place, my career, my place of employment, yeah. actually talk to me and say hey did you see that on facebook there's this disc golfer who threw an amazing shot and i'm like yeah it's actually yeah. old news but i'm glad you saw it yeah um but that actually is a perfect segue here um here we go the topic of the night and a lot of people came to see what was going on here is I, i'm getting the three dots from paul as we speak three dots from paul that means yeah. he did you He's tell typing. him he was on the show yeah that's a quick question <laughs> for the podcast <laughs> okay <clears throat> i I almost want to hold my breath here instead of getting into the topic, but let's go ahead and tease it out. He said, I've never seen me on SportsCenter Top 10 live before, so probably that. Uh. And then he said something else that a lot of people would get in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he said, I don't care about money. That's <laughs> <laughs> so he picked, yeah, so Jeff is now $5,000 richer because he got it right. Paul would rather do the Sports Center. Awesome. But, he, but that strictly because he said if it was live yeah meaning like he's probably only seen like screenshots or like recordings or post production exactly. yeah. i think i think when he shot 18 down at the great lakes open it aired that like fun segment of it when they were all in europe i think i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that's when it aired so he didn't get to see it when we all saw it or something like that it was weird interesting okay so now now that we've got five-time world champ into our show and out of our show via text message. Let's move on to topic here. Uh, CBS Sports Network and Disc Golf. That's what we're titling this here. Um, can I just go through what we know? And then, Jeff, I'm going to let you correct anything that we've said that wasn't accurate from your perspective. And then let's talk about it. So what we know. 
This was announced June 25th. This was the day before the DDO, so the Dynamic Disc Open, by uh, Dynamic, by Jomez, by CCDG, by the Disc Golf Pro Tour. This was June 25th, the evening before the tournament started, actually 10 minutes before our show launched. We didn't catch it, and we were talking about rumors on our show about something happening, and then people were confirming that it was happening. Um, and then I'm going to put it this way. Surprise. This is for everybody. There will be no next day production. This was the day before because a deal has been worked out by Jeremy Rusco, specifically starting that conversation with CBS Sports Network to air four one-hour segments, including all three rounds of tournament play and one segment of almost $11,000 skins match. Uh, the wow. skin, yeah, that is, that's incredible. Is that, that's insane. Do we have any info on that? I'll continue on here. Do we have any info? Is that the highest stakes skins match ever in disc golf? Does anybody know? Jeff, do you know? I don't know. I'd have to say, yeah. I feel like I can't think of anything that would be more than that. That I was $1,200 a hole over nine holes. Yeah, I think they did 5000 last year at uh, Green Mountain. Yeah, that yep. was pretty high stakes. I yeah. thought that was maybe highest. So if that was the it case. It was too. Yeah. So that was funded by disc manufacturers. And I'm not asking you guys to go listen to every other podcast. I try to, to stay in the know with everything that's going on. And... It seems to me that a lot of disc manufacturers came in to support this. And it seems to me also like if they did that, they would have a player on their team maybe as part of that. That's my understanding. They did a doubles. It was a doubles round. So a, um, a male with a female player um, playing out a hole. So... Um, so this was also what we know. There would be live production available for subscribers of DGN, which is Disc Golf Network, and final round free for everybody on YouTube. However, it was later found out that the live production would only be available for 24 hours following the stream. The CBS segments will air in the middle of August sometime. That's what I understand. Um, it sounds to me like Jomez is the producer of this. They have about three weeks to get this to CBS Sports Network and then they because cbs sports network like requires like a three-week heads up like hey here it is we need three weeks before it airs so i kind of did my math a little bit if you will and i figured out it's probably sometime in the middle of august um so here's what else we know cbs sports network costs money to watch you either have to have the cable tv subscription you have to either have youtube tv or hulu live tv so um interesting so that's like everything we know what did we miss what did we get wrong from your perspective, Jeff? Anything there? Or does that all sound correct? Um, yeah, I mean, we released the press release that has literally all the information. It's pretty transparent, to yeah. be honest. And um, I think all that generally lines up with the the press release. Um, I mean, we expect uh, the show to air um, in late July or early August. Oh, um, nice. And then there is a period of exclusivity after that, um, which is where we're projecting the post-production to be late August, uh, early September. Uh, but, you know, as soon as we have the final air dates and the schedule for that uh, broadcast window is set, we'll communicate that as well. So, yeah, generally... Uh, that everything you said, I think, was was correct. Yeah. Cool. I tried to do Matt, my... Matt does his research very well. <laughs> I just kind of hear all the co compliments or complaints from the people when I'm out on the disc golf course. So one of, the, one of the questions that I did get asked, and I didn't know this just in general, um, the live coverage was only on the Disc Golf Network page for, what did you say, 24 hours after... Yes. The event? Is that is that accurate to... It was, it was up for 24 hours, right? 
Yeah, that's right. We allowed it to render and post to allow paying subscribers and people that bought the pay-per-view a chance to see it, especially people in Europe. Um, so they had a little bit more time there. Um, but generally, you know, post-production was, was restricted. Um, we did push uh, to make sure that the women's post-production was available next day. And, uh, you know, again, like I, I have, you know, I, I know that there's probably questions and I, I honestly think most of those questions stem from people speculating online that didn't read the press release because literally yeah. like all the questions just can be answered by reading the press <laughs> yeah. release that went out. But, you know, in this day and age, I don't think we can expect people to, you know, actually You're read, you know, press releases read. or, you know, like yeah. we put a statement out. The same statement was put out by Joe as the same statement was put out yep. by uh, DD. And I think like when that social media train gets uh you know, rolling out of the station, uh, maybe then people start, you know, mm. hey, I, I think this, I think that, and then uh, conjecture and speculation take off. But yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty straightforward. And I'm, I'm happy to, you know, give a little bit of, you know, my perspective on it. But yeah, I mean, yeah. the the fo the footage on uh, Disc Golf Network was was there through the end of uh, 24 hours, you know, post the final round. What was the craziest and we're not tying names to this, so we're not calling anybody out unless they feel targeted themselves. What was the craziest speculation or incorrect thought on this that you've heard? Anything stand out to you? Like, wow, no, that's not what's happening. Um, I, I don't know. I honestly, you know, don't delve too far into the speculation. You know, we, we try to I know that the, our team that is trying to be aware and answer questions. So you do see some things. Um, but, you know, I think that, um, yeah, the 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 biggest thing that stood out to me was that people were saying, you know, that there was no way to watch it. And uh, obviously you could buy pay-per-view, which is only, you know, a few dollars for a round. I think it was five for both of the paywalled rounds. So that's two fifty dollars a round. Um, but then the, the final day was free. And like that's something that we've. Uh, communicated all year and every single final round of every single elite series tournament is free streamed live on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because, you know, looking at the numbers, you know, the early rounds in the past haven't been viewed. The, the women's rounds haven't been viewed. We're talking about 1500 people, 2000 people. And then even in the early, you know, Friday, coverage and sometimes Saturday coverage, you know, it escalates, but we're talking 3000, 4000 people. So, you know, those rounds uh, really need to be supported by people that want to watch them. And all the people that want to watch them have done so, you know, we've yeah. had great numbers for DGN. Um, but but then the big round where we have, you know, traditionally anywhere between 6000 and, and like now 12, 13000 viewers, that's free on YouTube. And that's the one that most people want to see. And we didn't want to take that away from folks. Um, and we also wanted to bring them in slowly to the Disc Golf Network subscription. So I would say the craziest thing you know, craziest, but also the, the one that I wanted to correct the most, um, was saying that you couldn't get the coverage. No one can see anything until September. You know, that, that's, that's pretty wild, you know, cause <laughs> false allegations that came about. Yeah. So we're seeing the chat board is going wild, which I love, but we're here. I wrote down some of the things that I observed because when we broke the news ourselves on our show live, as we were reading, we actually read the statement. Yeah. Um, 
we broke some of this news. And so we had people commenting all week on our, our show. And it seems to me like people, some of them felt like the ends didn't justify the means. And I was trying to understand why that was the case. And here I am, I'm usually the hot take, like just drive it home. And if people are offended, they're offended. But I, I, I was trying to understand what was the core issue because disc golfers are very generous people when they aren't forced to pay for something. So like, for instance, if you had like a donation wall instead of a paywall, you'd probably get more money because people would be like, just, you know, super chat for the disc golf road to yeah. like, they're very generous people. But as soon as you say like surprise, like you have to pay for something, there's people who, who bucket the system. And so I think some people felt slighted and here was the interesting thing. And I think there was a point to be had here. And I'd love your opinion on this, Jeff. How involved were you with the, timing of the announcement in relation to the event and i'm sure you were tied into like hey let's all do this at the same time but like how did it work out that it was like I, and you have no you obviously have no say for jomez and like you're not speaking for them but jomez um was talking on their show mez i don't know it was a week or two before saying like hey guys we're really excited we're go we're coming back we're starting back up ddo let's go we're gonna be there really and they did tease out like really exciting big things coming and i think people were pumped for the return of disc golf watching their next day production and then it was like this announcement you're not getting it and that's not to say people like Nick and I who enjoy and actually prefer to watch live. I do like Jomez and CCDG, but I prefer to watch sports live. I didn't feel slighted because I'm like, hey, I'm already on Disc Golf Network. That's what I like to watch. But if my preference and what I was planning on the night before the event got kind of blanket pulled out, I might have had some of those initial reactions myself. And I feel like that might be part of it, um, their response. So what was your connection to the announcement date? I know Rusco had a big part in setting this all up, but like, was it just, it literally had to be that way because the deal didn't come together until then? Well, yeah, I, I'll address a couple of things in there. Yeah. Um, number number one, we're um, we're like 100% like positive that uh, there there is some criticism out there, but it's a very small minority of folks. Um, like we've seen the metrics and all the folks that are excited, all the messages of support that we're getting just in general for returning for the year, let alone this coverage um, of the DDO. So, you know, we, we understand the frustration specifically surrounding the timing. Um, but a couple things I just want to say is number one, we never released a media plan. We, we said we're going to try to get our media plan out as quickly as we can. Mm. Uh, for the DDO. So we never promised next day. Jomez never promised next day. I know they were teasing like big things. They were teasing this CBS announcements. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, you know, unfortunately, you know, plans on on doing it earlier and I'll get into why we didn't. But the other thing is that we're, we're all a team on this, you know, Jomez, uh, DD, the DGBT, we work together to make this all happen. Um, and certainly DD got the ball rolling. They funded the broadcast. You know, they really made sure that this happened. But, you know, um, I, I just wanted to, you know, kind of put those pieces into place for folks um, that this is a new event. You know, the event wasn't even on the schedule five weeks before it happens. Um, you know, we as the Pro Tour have worked extremely hard to develop a comprehensive policy to allow us to return, uh, work really hard to get the event up and running and add fourteen and a half thousand dollars to it uh, for the pros and to create any, any content at all. So, you know, I think uh, the 
the unfortunate thing was the timing of the release. So let me talk a little bit more in depth about that. Um, basically, you know, this has been going on. The First of all, the events was announced five weeks before, right? So you can imagine that any deal that we had in place uh, with CBS Sports uh, didn't start happening until at four weeks before. In fact, it was a little bit after that. So we're talking about a very short window of time from even like contacting and talking about this opportunity in the first place. So um, from there, um, really, you know, we were approached by DD. So it was Jomez. You know, we all talked as a as a group. Um, and then, you know, I think it was two weeks before that it was decided that we would move forward in this fashion. Um, and, you know, really, uh, as as the holder of the media rights of the event, the tour um, said, hey, you know, we know that uh, DD is psyched to do this. Jomez is on board to do this. So why don't we get on board, support and allow this to happen and also, you know, put all our resources together. So a big shout out to Ian Anderson of Central Coast because, you know, we have contracts with Jomez and Central Coast. Um, and, you know, we decided to, as, as replacement events, do our best to honor and carry those over. So, um, this was a change from what we had planned for SFO in Portland. Um, and, you know, big shout out to Ian for, you know, filming with his crew, mm -hmm. uh, contributing to this broadcast. Same with GK Pro, who did release Next Day. Yep. Um, although it doesn't seem like there's much of a recognition that there is Next Day coverage for the women. Yeah, um, that's a point we're going to yeah, bring up. I, Keep going. Yeah. And so the, the other thing... Um, getting to the the timing is you know we're two weeks out and we decided to do this and we had planned like so monday we're we're a go um we planned on friday being the announcement day the week before the event um because of a few contractual you know snags basically that we were very confident in sorting out um you, we worked with dd to get to the finish line and you know the one thing i would say is that on friday i really did want the friday before i really did want to announce like hey we're working on a deal with our network uh, network broadcast partner uh we won't be doing men's next day because of that mm -hmm. um if i had known that it was going to go all the way to the next thursday i we I, we all probably would have put that out there but you can imagine the reaction to that you know yeah. you don't know all the details and you, you know yeah. like so so like the reason behind like delaying the next day you know that it was you know jomez's decision too you know like it, like i said we all worked as a team we all support each other here but like you know like if they didn't want to do that you know we wouldn't have said hey let's not let's delay it you know yeah. like it was it was an opportunity that we all saw the value in basically and um did weigh you know like the expectations that we thought people would have and and the return of disc golf but um you know i think that uh, in this case we can talk about kind of whether it or not it was worth it in the long view mm -hmm. and uh really you know <clears throat> for an event that wasn't on the schedule um, we feel like we delivered a lot of value Pretty, yeah. for our fans, especially when in the context of, you know, all the cancellations from majors and tees throughout the year, you know, and, and it, it, like, this is even happening because the PDGA supported us in getting going, you know, they said, we, we can't find a good way to do the NT this year, but you know what, let us get out of the way. Let us help you, let us support you to get going. And, and so really like it, they're just as responsible for, you know, the, the, the benefit here is, is anybody in, in, you know, I just think it's a collaborative decision from, you know, our group and like supported by the entire sport. And, and you know, I think there are parts to celebrate. But, you know, as we got into the next the, the next week, we we just decided like when, you know, the everything was wrapped up. 
um, we would announce. And unfortunately, that that got to Thursday and um, it did spur on a few folks that, you know, like I said, we think are a vocal minority. Mm -hmm. But we also understand we have compassion for those folks and like understand that, hey, this is what I was expecting long, hard last few months. And for a lot of people, they, it was clear that they care about the coverage and, that, yeah. and that's not a bad thing. And to those folks, we say, you know, we're sorry that you were upset by the decision and, you know, can totally understand why there are different perspectives out there. So, you know, this is the way it went this time. Um, we're happy that uh, in two days from now, there's going to be post-production coverage from Central <laughs> Coast, from Jomez, you know, hidden, hidden the, the YouTube. So, yeah. I mean, kudos to you guys. And like Nate was saying earlier, Steve Dodge trying to get the Pro Tour started up years ago. Just people weren't working together. People weren't on the same page. Yeah, you came in and you guys all, in a very short amount of time, all grouped together on this decision and made what you guys thought was the right call. And I think what a majority of disc golfers and viewers of disc golf would think is the right call. So we kind of forgot to say this earlier, but you guys had posted the day after that you had record high live viewers, I think, with the picture of Nico. And so just... What was that First, number? It was over 14,000, right? 16. 16? Eight? Or oh, was yeah. it 16? 16, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 16, so, eight, yeah. You know, pretty much. First of all, congratulations on that. That's insane. I know people are just itching to watch some disc golf and being able to still have that final round for free on YouTube is incredible because that's when you get, you know, like you said, the, it's the final round, it's the battles. You know, Paul and Ricky are on the same card. Calvin Heinberg on the chase card is making an incredible push. And so you got to see what Paul's going to do throughout his round. It's insane. I think just people and all the live comments that I saw, it was it was all good things. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, all of it. yeah, we ran a, a poll in a uh, disc golf discussion group and we had, uh, I don't, oh, let's just say, a hundred and something respond to it. And it was only like it was a small percentage, let's say four or five people out of the hundred that said they felt upset and bothered about this. And again, that's where I kind of did my little investigation. I think it, I think it came down to the fact that they were expecting something that they didn't get. Um, yeah. I don't think it's that it, they kind of turned it towards, Oh, boo, CBS sports network. Because it's because they are missing out on something. And so they're kind of like, we got to point our fingers at something, but if it was ESPN, would it have changed their perspective? Maybe if they were able to also watch post-production, the next day and say it was on CBS sports, maybe they'd be all applauding. So it's, it's, I think it's tied to the, the fact or the thought that they were, were getting something, whether it was announced or not, that was kind of what I think happened there. Um, so can I, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Can Jeff. I just say, it, you know, it, your comments are, are well received by me. I like, I, I agree, you know, and it's good to hear that survey. Thank you for doing that and sharing that information. I, I you know, the other thing I would say is that, I've seen this out there and I, I would have to agree that um, there's a big question on whether or not this is this is necessarily valuable for disc golf. Um, and I, I would say in terms of this event only, um, you know, if, if we don't have anything, you know, in the future to say, hey, this helped get that. Mm. If you just take it in a vacuum and say this event only. No, you know, like I don't know that anyone involved thought that this is like a magic bullet or like a big, you know, breakthrough. Um, you know, CBS Sports has 60 million in 60 million homes. It's got a streaming platform, um, but the streaming pl platform is very similar to the Disc Golf Network. Right. And uh, 60 million homes aren't necessarily going to turn it on and watch it. Right. So um, I think the big value here is what Jomez is producing. Yeah. Like 
like everything that's valuable is still like in, endemic to the sport in that Jomez is, is using footage from all of our media partners, Disc Golf Network, Central Coast, GK Pro. They're putting something together that had a, a huge escalation of their production team. So it's going to be high quality. You know, they brought in um, lifts to have mm-hmm. basically a bird's eye view uh, in a couple holes. They nice. brought in more sound guys, a bigger production team, a bigger editing team, um, you know, really, really nice equipment um, that's going to like look team. great. And so I think everything that they're yes. going to be able to do is the huge value here. And the fact that, you know, they had funding to do that. And then beyond that, the, the you put that on your reel if you're one of the media teams saying like, hey, I was involved in this production. That opens doors for those media teams yes. if they're looking to work with network partners in the future because they can say, hey, this CBS broadcast, CBS sports broadcast is on my reel. It also opens doors for the tour when we're in negotiations with other network uh, networks for, you know, a, a different approach to a broadcast in the future. And, you know, I can, you know tell you like already uh, I've seen like a little progress on that front uh, and I'm pretty certain that you know this is uh, you know throughout the next few years there's going to be more opportunities like this and I think if we have to sacrifice a little on the first one we're going to be in a better position the next time this comes around because you know there are no plans necessarily to move away from the development of the internal disc golf media plan that people are responding to that they like. Yep. There's a lot of people that like live this year. There's a, even more people than ever that like post-produced. And mm. those two are coexisting really beautifully. Um, and I, I really see progress on both fronts. Mm-hmm. Um, and the coexistence there and symbiosis is excellent because people have different viewing habits and we're providing options for all of them. Yeah. Um, so why move away from that? You know, like, and I hear people right in the comments and I like, I, I want to say, you know, and ho- like, thank you for having me on. Cause I want to make this, you know, known is that, you know, I, we don't want to necessarily go away from that. In fact, that's what we're doing right now. We're about to do that tomorrow. Yeah. And, um, we're going to do that for the rest of the season. Um, and we've announced that as our media plan all the way through the GMC. Mm-hmm. Now we haven't announced what the media plan for the tour championship is, you know, and if, if we have any progress and maybe adding a special project to that, you know, I'd love to do it. But, um, I would say that, you know, we want to have a little bit more sway and a little bit more experience gets you that sway when we get to the table with the network and say, listen, this is the media plan we have. It's contractual. We're, we're going to do it. Would you like to do something in addition? Um, and, you know, I can't say what where the conversation goes from there. You know what I mean? There may be uh, there may be instances where we have to give exclusivity, whether it be live or post-production. But one thing I can tell you is we're going to do it as a group. We have media partners we know and trust, and, and we're going to work with them um, in, in doing that collaboratively um, in the future. So, you know, that, that's kind of I just want to get that out there, too, no. because I hear people when they say, oh, we- we you know, love like, yeah. hey, was this worth it? And uh, and I think on on this scale, you know, it's yet to be seen, but the scale is small. It's a small sample yeah. size with a very quick event. And, you know, we wanted to say, hey, any benefit that we have as a sport for being back before other live sports are back yeah. um, is really right in this moment. And like, we don't know what the benefit will be, but like, let's not ignore it. Let's take it yes. and let's work on this. And, you know, all the credit in the world to Jeremy Rusco and DD for opening that door. Um, and, you know, can't wait to see what Jomez does because I think it's going to be stunning. Yeah. Especially with all the different media outlets working together, like you're talking about. And in disc golf right now, we kind of have it the best of both worlds where we do have live coverage and we have incredibly awesome post round production from multiple media companies so for change to happen so quickly in disc golf i think that's what's 
you know, the small minority that you're talking about of people who are potentially upset of it is uh, change just happened so quickly to them that like we were talking about it on our podcast, 10 minutes, you know, or 30 minutes into the podcast, someone was like, oh, hey, by the way, did you see this post? And that's when we had learned about it. And so for all of a sudden that to happen, a large majority of people, or excuse me, a minority of people are obviously going to freak out, which I'm sure you've seen in the comments and everything. But Brody had talked about on Twitter today, um, live live coverage of anything. Like people still have TV to watch live sports. One of the things he loves to watch is live UFC. You don't really go on YouTube and look up UFC coverage or anything like that. I don't really know 100% how it works. Like you look up highlights and stuff, but you don't get what disc golf gives you with post-round production with almost any other sport. And so, like you said, I'm curious and I'm super kind of like ready to see what Jomez comes out with all of this because they're all so incredibly talented. Jomez, Central Coast, GK Bro, all of them. And to be able to work together is dang, it's huge. Yeah, for sure. So that brings me over. You mentioned a few things about coming together, production, all that. Like my understanding is like they've got radar like speed guns they had a whole bunch like you said i saw microphones out in front of the t-pad they're doing this right and i don't think this is what i keep going back to i don't think there's a disc golfer out there that's upset about uh what's coming i think they felt like something got taken away and that's uh, this is a different thing but can i ask this question who um who called paul was that Rusko? Because <laughs> apparently Paul, and I heard this in his, I think it was in his uh, interview right following his win, was like, I wasn't planning to come out here, um, but there was a great opportunity with CBS Network. Like, do you know Nick or do you know Jeff? No. Like, someone called him and, and spilled the beans. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, well, we wanted to make sure that the the field had, you know, a number of players. There was There's a couple people that weren't on the list that are, you know, really top echelon folks. Um, and we contacted several of them. Um, so yeah, I think the DGBT reached out, um, through nice. uh, a couple, a couple sources, I would say. No, that's um, great. But it, it wasn't just Paul, you know, I think it's, it's, I think anybody in any competitor that's in the field can, can probably recognize that it would be important for, you know, the, the best athletes we have in our game, you, Paul being one of the best and, and pretty much widely recognized yeah, as, as the you, goat right now. You must uh, have other than lost my number, debate, Jeff. Which is an interesting <laughs> one that's going on, kind of like uh, Jordan LeBron right now, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, it's like I, I reached out to a couple other folks too, you know, that I thought should be there. And so we just didn't want anyone who is normally up there that you see yes. touring to say, Oh, uh, I would have came if I knew, you know? Yes. And so that, that's, that's where you gotta, you gotta inform people of that. And, uh, and yeah, definitely the DGPT, uh, uh, hit, hit up Paul a couple yeah. times in a couple ways. No, so. that's good. And I agree. I actually agree and support that. I think had <laughs> yeah. you guys not done that, it would have been kind of like who dropped the ball there because like this right, is a great exactly. opportunity. So it, you can't win always. And I think you just did here. I, I think this is a full win. I just had to ask yeah. the question because Paul, Paul decided to say he, he wasn't coming unless he was notified of this opportunity, which he was. So that's awesome. And then yeah. in a second to that was Paul, you know, being invited, but the course, obviously was this a course selection? Why couldn't this have been like, Hey, let's wait until an event where maybe, it's not going, and I know you can't predict the weather. It could have been rainy, like for all we know. But the wind might, 
have a different perspective or the whole idea of, you know, ball golf courses and disc golf. There's a debate out there about like which looks best, which is uh, most like our sport is Maple Hill is Brewster Ridge or is it more like golf course? And like, so this is my opinion and maybe you have further insight. Jeremy Rusco was had some form of a contact locally with CBS Sports. Um, and so it only makes sense that it would be his course that or not his course, but his event, if you will, that was highlighted. Is that how you understand it, too? It, it's not like it wasn't the disc golf pro tour that was making this deal and said, oh, hurry, hurry. We got to have this event. Is that correct? No. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, that's how we tried to, you know, communicate it transparently right. in the press release, too. You know, it was that Jeremy had a contact at CBS Sports and, mm -hmm. and you know, he had the discussion and they saw the opportunity and, and came to us and said, hey, you guys think that we can can try to get something like this together for this event? And, you know, like I said, after uh, in discussion with Jomez and, and Jomez discussion with, with DD, you know, it all, you know, kind of felt like this was the right call. So um, we said, yeah, let's let's do it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. It was for the DD Open. That's yeah. what was pitched to CBS is like, this okay. is the return of disc golf yep. this year after COVID. And like, you know, let's let's put this one on, um, try to get it on the air before, you know, we get into the, the heat of maybe what hopefully is a return to more sports uh, in the late summer and early yep. fall. So, yeah, no, it was very specifically for the DD Open. In terms of course selection, um, you know, they had talked about uh, Jones Gold, which was planned for for the uh, GBO this year, uh, the debut of Jones Gold. And uh, they were, the pros are going to play Jones Gold in Emporia Country Club. And, you know, that was something that we did talk about a little bit more collaboratively. And Doug Bierkus, who is, you know, one of the best TDs in the world uh, for disc golf, um, was in discussion with myself and, and actually Todd, our owner and, and Jeremy. And, and basically, you know, what it came down to is that, you know, one course is really what we like for the most part. There are a couple yeah. option, couple courses on tour or venues on tour that have two courses or more that work. Um, but really going forward, the vision is one course. And, uh, you know, I think that that translates to traditional golf, like much cleaner and easier. Yeah. Um, in fact, like the discussion with CBS was really focused on transferring the golfer, the golf fan, the traditional golf fan into disc golf. They want to take their audience in, of, of golf fans and say, hey, look at this sport, especially to folks that maybe haven't really seen or known about disc golf. And this is really set up to be an introduction. And, you know, I don't know and we don't know. So I'm not promising this. But the idea in terms of the scheduling is that there's a golf broadcast on before and it leads into disc golf. Oh. And so like you have a golf, the traditional golf fan that's there and they're saying, OK, I just finished watching this PGA event on CBS sports. What's next? Oh, it trickles in and it's like, Oh, hi, you know, welcome. This is the dynamic disc open. It's a disc golf event. Here's what disc golf is. Let's get into the action, yeah. you know? And so I would expect a little bit of that. Um, you know, there's going to, for the disc golf fan, there's going to be like those explainers for non fans, but even in traditional, I'm a big, you know, golf, Fan. My favorite event is the Masters. I watch that every year. Watch it since I was a kid. I watch the majors. I keep up with golf. And, um, you know, I think that uh, as, a, as a fan of that, uh, there's a lot of ways that you can ease somebody into disc golf. And, and you know that like hundreds of thousands of people 
have started playing disc golf because they they like it that we're golfers or still are golfers as well. Um, because when it comes down to it, you know, it's it, both of them are the game of golf, you know, yeah. one with a stick and a, a club and a, and a ball and one with the discs. And so, you know, I think that hopefully I think Joma is going to have that translation really, really nice. And then even on traditional golf broadcasts, what I was you know, meaning to get to here is that they do have explainers. Like they say, here's, here's a tip on how to hit it out of the sand or, you know, they, they try to explain a rule and they have like those little vignettes, those little segments that they put in, um, that, you know, instead of a commercial, they'll, they'll cut to an expert on, you know, reading a green. Um, and, and that's kind of some of the stuff that we're aiming for with the disc golf yeah. network to add to our live broadcast. That's awesome. But, um, I think that for this broadcast on CBS sports, it's going to be more like, you know, uh, Germ and Nate, good representatives, great representatives for our sport, saying like, hey, we're disc golfers. We're also going to be the commentators on this, and let's teach you a little bit about disc golf. Um, and, and that's just going to help that transition. So in terms of like the benefits, we talked about that before. One of them is certainly that we hope that the broadcast is on after a, a professional um, you know, PGA event, mm-hmm. and then it eases in. Devil's I think that those those – those details are yet to be finalized yeah. too. So leave it to me for devil's advocate. But I heard this point brought up this week um, about the idea of it starting up after a golf event. And I thought to myself, if I'm a golfer and I look at this, I'm going to kind of think it's corny because it's like, it it's not golf. It's like they're playing it, And I'm just going to compare something and maybe it's totally different, irrelevant, but like foot golf, right? When I look at foot golf on a golf course, it just looks like, I'm a competitive person, and so I'm sure I'd love the sport. So no bashing the sport, but like seeing it on a golf course, it just feels kind of like they're second to golf in the sense that it's just something else you can do on a course. And I don't want that to be disc golf either. I'd rather it almost be in its own venue. Like I said, like a Maple Hill or a Brewster or even a Fox Run. Like it's its own venue. And obviously there is something to be said about that. And and so – I guess devil's advocate, hoping for the best. I, I really do believe that it is going to be set up for the best success. I do think the golfer can find it interesting and will probably stick around more. The new market is what I've been trying to comment to most people about who are making comments negative. Is like, it's a new market. If we just continually market disc golfers, it's not going to grow, especially to the sponsor out there who's more interested in, in a larger market, not just the disc golf market. And so I think this resume, as you said earlier, will be a big deal. Um, uh, but let me just say like, Hey, that's a good point. Like, uh, you know, I definitely hear you on that. And, uh, you know, I don't know if that's right or not. You know, this course is the one that like you, you mentioned, what, what was it that drove that course? It was that this is the opportunity and this is the moment. So you take what you're given. If, you know, if I was going to pick one course in my mind, you know, (laughs) beautiful to do Milo. Uh, yes, I'm not going (laughs) to be a Homer though. Like I'm going to say like, you know, Milo and Yarva, Yarva was so beautiful. And I think, you know, Yarva has been featured. Um, and, and, you know, Hey, one thing I want to give a quick shout out to is that when we put out the most, you know, live, live viewers ever, I, we did put a little, you know, a little asterisk there to say, Hey, live stream. Um, because I know that the, like I talking to UC, uh, and he reminded us, but, uh, there were 250,000 live viewers of the European open one year when it was broadcast on Finnish national television. So, you know, if you think about that, that's, that's something like probably like PBS or, um, you know, BBC or something, you know, for Finland. And, um, if it's on that, you know, obviously 
there's a ton of viewers. I know, like, mm. for instance, the Outside TV broadcast that we put together for 2018 Worlds was seen by about 400, 450,000 folks by their internal numbers with Outside TV. But that obviously was a post-production thing. And the CBS Sports thing, I would guess, like, we have a chance to, you know, have it seen by a million plus. And then if you look at the Jomez video uh, of Worlds Front 9 last year, I think it's over 3 million now. So, like, there's certainly big marks out there for yeah for post videos. And then I just wanted to comment on that live video, but yeah. Um, what kind of hit me up with a couple of last questions? Cause I, okay. I gotta, I gotta run. All right. All right. So final prep done. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the good ones. I've got some written down here. I gotta, oh, I gotta toss one or two your way. Oh, here. What kind of involvement did you have in the negotiations with CBS any, or was it all routed through uh, Rusco? Um, yeah, we all worked as a team. It was almost all routed through Rusco, but we were on the phone with CBS multiple times in production meetings. And uh, because yeah, but uh, you had Jeremy to, yeah, because you had to sign off saying that live coverage could happen. That was probably something you weren't going to negotiate away to say that no, we need to have our live coverage. And they probably said, well, it can't stay up longer than twenty four hours. Or like, what what was that? Because that's that was new. And, yeah, and, I, I mean, I'm, I think I'm going to defer into getting too deep into the contractual okay. details. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, they, we, we did talk about, you know, what what are the restrictions in place? And we asked, you know, a lot of questions about them. And, and we uh, looked at the contract and we said, OK, we understand this after a while. Okay. And, yeah. uh, you know, I don't think like I, one thing I will say, and I said this before, is I like I don't think that necessarily um, there are immovable objects in, in a contracts um, that mean like if we're going to be on networks in the future, that it's going to be the same process. But again, you know, who knows that there's going to be, you know, hopefully several negotiations and several opportunities. So uh, I can't say how they'll go. exactly. That's OK. Yeah. Nick had Nick had a question, yeah, I think. Just I completely, you know, going away from the coverage now, how did it feel for you and your team to be back out on the road and doing mm. what you guys love? And then what was kind of the mindset and kind of the aura, I guess you would say, for the disc golfers being back doing what they love and doing their job? Yeah, so it's it's been, you know, it's been a, I guess, a reasonable scramble um you know to get back out on the road the great part about this whole thing is that we put our vehicle and one of our uh, media team members sam in emporia when we broke camp you know when we we didn't know what was going on necessarily we didn't know what was going to happen we took about a week to consider got up to emporia thought this is central you know we don't know where we're going to start back up so all of our gear was right there so nice. all we had to do was come back out and meet sam there and he he was able to get a lot of beautiful shots um walkthroughs stills of the area and of the course so that was a benefit so it wasn't too much of a scramble and and i felt like you know obviously I think that this was the best live production we've ever done. I'm you glad know, you said Sunday that. And I, was, I'm not going to make was... you. Yeah. And I'm cutting you off. And I know it's a horrible host thing to do, but I'm not going to make you brag on your own live coverage. I love okay. media. I love media. And I'm really analytical. I'm the the worst with even myself. OK, so like I, I already know all the things that aren't good with our show. And I watch your show with a critical eye, or your, your live broadcast. And I was telling people, I'm like, this coverage has come leaps and bounds and is actually enjoyable to watch with incredible things. You can tell professionals are working hard to continually fine tune things. Everything from in between shots, noticing like there's a static shot with a graphic that comes up of like the flag blowing with the graphic or like people. Now, 
there weren't spectators, but somebody outside of the fenced area at the country club were just like leaning on the fence. Like they were in a shot yeah. while graphics come up. The point is, I didn't notice really, am I missing something? Did I notice ads or did you guys just do ads so well that I don't remember them? <laughs> I guess that'd be negative yeah, no, responses. Yeah, we played our full Man. Uh, ad run. So, it, you but, guys are but, doing but, it. But, yeah. 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 We, but they were like, I think really well positioned, yeah. yes. uh, credit, credit JVD and Mo. And like one of the big changes is that we added people into the production studio. So, uh, nice. you know, we, we had a different cameraman and put, uh, Mahmood into the booth with JVD and, and that was a huge, huge win. Um, nice. and like big shout out to those two, uh, commentary team was out. I mean, like, so this is in the context of you asking like us getting back on the road. So, you know, it was a scramble, but mm-hmm. I, I would say that like, uh, we were prepared. We were planning. Yeah. We were active. You saw us do the VPI in the off, off second off season, um, and we we felt like pretty proud about pulling that off too because that was like that was difficult. Like I was hurting hurting like fifty pros for a month, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. trying to get that done. Um, it didn't so... look like a scramble on the outside. And Steve no. Dodge actually brought that up last week. He's like, I can only imagine the scramble that's happening. He said, but he goes. But the difference between when I was running it and when Jeff's running it is the scramble is not public. <laughs> so good job to you. Um, you guys are doing excellent things over there. I am proud to call you a friend. Um, and you, the fact that when I reached out to you, you got back to me. That says a tremendous amount to me. Thank you for coming on our show. Yeah. We're very supportive of what you're doing. We will. I'll play devil's advocate, and I, I hope you don't mind that. But like, we really no, appreciate what you're doing. Um, you, by the way contest i mean not contestant we're gonna call you contestant you have the best video quality lighting quality that we've had of anybody on here and internet i know you were kind of concerned it is like it's, the best there's no delay when you speak so <laughs> so it's, <laughs> that's great like we're yeah. definitely trimming this section down and sharing it people are going to think our show is amazing because of you and your yes. camera so thank you <laughs> all right awesome Just hey, a big man. shout out to catch cam sam for helping me set up so. awesome thanks Sweet. sam so yeah. i know sam so good <laughs> shout out to you sam all right thank you uh get out of here and maybe i don't know maybe you missed your dinner because of us we appreciate yeah. it have a great <laughs> evening thanks for coming on good luck this weekend too. yeah watch watch the preserve championship yes. it's yes, gonna sir. be live all week on the disc golf network absolutely thanks jeff all right thanks all right guys. bye bye <laughs> wow nick what a stud such a good dude how incredible was um, that opportunity there to talk to the CEO and have him on our show? I saw somebody what? live comment, and I'm just going to say, I'm repeating the comment, but it was like, yeah. this disc golf show, the Nick and yeah. Matt show, yeah, yeah, yeah. has automatically become the most relevant and uh, important uh, vlo- vlog, yeah, vlog, as they put it, or yeah. podcast <laughs> right now. And I'm like, man, thank you, Jeff Spring, yeah. for coming on our show. Exactly. Well, you know, and thanks to you as well, because you set that up just today. Like yeah. you literally texted him. You just talked about it with him. Like he was able to get back to you and he jumped right in the show and had everything set up perfectly. He wasn't <laughs> just like out and about and Skyped on in and no, it, it was super awesome. I hope everyone watching and listening later will be able to appreciate Jeff's an awesome, awesome guy. He runs a phenomenal tournament or he used to run the phenomenal tournament, the GMC. He had worlds there in Vermont. He's an incredible dude. And to have him kind of be the leader, the CEO of the Pro Tour, I mean, look at the big strides that they're taking this year with everything. And I think it's safe to say they're doing incredible. They, they're definitely doing incredible. And so we've, we've bragged on them enough. Let me just close out this topic. We said goodbye to Jeff. Um, there's a couple of good things, I think. And we forgot to ask him. <laughs> this goes, we had so many a, show yeah, notes. So many there were so yeah. many possibilities, everybody. Yeah. I'm sorry we didn't ask everything. But one was, 
did the subscription count rise for their disc golf network because there was no other coverage available? Obviously, yeah. seeing that they had the most live streams ever, yeah, we can safely I assume have to that. Safely assume that. And I think, and I'm not going to put words in Jeff's mouth, but I talked to him prior to the show, and I asked him if that was an okay question to ask him, and he said for sure. There's nothing to hide there, um, and that the numbers definitely increased. And he wants to say it's not only because he wants to be clear, it's not only because um, post production wasn't available. It's because the product is good as well, of course. Yeah. The same thing he said, and he wanted to kind of mention um, when um, Brody came on during Waco. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the only reason for their live video success. And that's why I wanted to brag a little bit. Their quality is getting much better. And I know there's haters out there. Yeah, There was someone who flat out in the YouTube comments, probably just trolling me said, you're lying. And I'm like, what kind of argument is that? <laughs> Just you're lying. About what? We've been on for an hour and 40 minutes. What are we lying about? So No, see, you you understand all that stuff when it comes to the media side of it. Like for me, when I was watching the first two rounds, I was kind of like casually watching it while doing stuff. And then the last round, I was hanging out with my buddy, Zach, and we were driving to a disc golf course. He had the phone up against him. So literally all I was doing was listening to it, heard the commentary. You know, Nate Doss is the man. Love listening to his commentary. Him and Jamie do a great job together. And uh, so I didn't really get to see the but, full quality of it. But you you notice that stuff. Yeah. And I, I, mean, that's you know, me, I, I had a friend ask me or tell me saying that on the live coverage, there were times where other camera crews were in the way. And I didn't have an answer for him because I didn't I didn't get to really see it that much. It, but so I'm sure here's, that's, that's all things. They had so many people. Yeah, but out here's there. the thing. There was a lot, and there's way more for full professional golf tournaments yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. But so that's not an excuse. But here's the thing. It's almost as if the people watching live are thinking that this live production is what is being marketed out to like CBS Sports. No, this live is really for the disc golfer. And so yeah. with a disc golfer that's watching they shouldn't be as bothered about seeing a camera crew because like, I know what they're doing. I know what that camera crew is doing. I don't even yeah. have a question about it. I'm like, they're making footage for CBS sports, like the camera crew that we're seeing yeah. the camera that's showing the live stream. I think the quality is perfect. Yeah. Uh, not perfect. I, I'll, not, I won't go that far. 99.9% .9 of the time you can still see the shot. I mean, you may miss half the run up sometimes, but you're still watching the full flight of the they, shot. If you're you haven't seen it cam. and now I'm going to say this, you're speaking of old footage. You got to watch the new. I know you were listening to it. And by the way, shout out to the Disc Golf Network. It, it's the fact that you can close out the app. I don't want to say close it, but on an iPhone, at least I'm sure it's the other way. I'm sure it's the same for Android, but you can actually shut the app out, like go to your home screen and it still plays the audio. Thank you very much. That was worth my subscription dollars right there because yeah. I can literally drive around in my vehicle and listen to a tournament. It's actually awesome. Yeah. Um, so there's, you can do a whole bunch of things while listening now. And I heard if you were casting that, let's say mirroring it to your uh, Roku or Apple yeah. TV, you can actually do that and minimize the app again, like as your home screen. So you can be still doing Facebook and it's so still cast. on your phone, yes. but it's casting on the TV. That, that, that's sick. So that's don't awesome. say that I said it does that, but I heard somebody um, say that that's okay. the case and oh, it seems to make case. sense. Yeah. Um, so I just want to also hit on this positives out of this and we're getting ready to close out the show, but I just want to hit on some more positives. FPO coverage. It was it was highlighted more almost in a forced way because people were looking for things to watch. And I think it was the product good there. The product, as far as camera quality and production goes is good. Yeah. Was the show boring because Paige destroyed everybody? No, you love to see it. <laughs> Watching her play courses like that is incredible. Cause you're just like, look how 
look how well she does on them. It's yeah. it's insane. She's on a completely different right. echelon. And so when you get to see that play, it's awesome. It was like watching Paul, you know, 2018 at a USDGC. He shot like 13 down, 12 down, back to back with no OBs. Like that, that's just disgusting. And so watching Paige, you're right. And shoot, I think what was it, 10 15 rated first round? I don't remember the ratings, but I'm she was like, she was like 13 down or something or yeah. whatever. She was, or 11 down, 13 ahead. It turned into this where Missy Gannon was like, uh, and she's quoted as this I yeah. saw on the Disc Golf Pro Tour. She's like, Hey, I'm gunning for second. I mean, that's how far Paige was getting ahead. Um, and you're right. I think the show actually changes between a very tight battle you're watching to see. I don't really care who wins or you do, but you're. it's stressful. Uh, when Paige or Paul starts getting so far ahead, you start being interested more in the show of like, how far can they go? What can they do? That's awesome. So FPO yeah. got that. Um, and let me give a, a good opportunity here. So for people, there are legitimate situations where people don't have the funds to pay for anything extra including a monthly subscription which i think is a little far out but i'm not going to criticize to say that that's not the case for everybody but most people that's not the case you could probably scrounge up four dollars a month out of your couch or collect cans or something but for the cbs network deal people are like i'm not even going to be able to watch this show because i'm not going to upgrade my cable for the week or whatever here's the cool part nick i looked it up you can get a free week trial with YouTube Live TV or YouTube TV, okay? Yep. You can do a free week, so wait until that's announced. <laughs> get your free week on YouTube. Yeah. Same thing for Hulu. I discovered I do pay for Hulu. I cut cable. Same. So if you have Hulu Live, which is where it is, you actually get CBS Sports Network, so we'll be able to watch that. I visited CBS Sports Network on the internet, like a website. And it says, hey, what's your provider? And I, I was able to click Hulu, and it actually lets me watch it direct through their website nice. as well. So if there's an app for CBS Sports Network on your TV or whatever, you're likely able to plug that in yeah. as well. Free, So free to watch. So I think you, everyone should be able to watch that. Sorry you had to wait. <laughs> but, yeah. but And do you think that's really what happened there, Nick? Because why would anybody be upset about like getting it on CBS Sports? It, the only reason you can come up with is because they had to wait. Yeah, they had to wait. And I mean, it's changed. We're so spoiled. And I love it. Don't get me wrong, but we are so spoiled with next day post round production. Incredible next day post round production at tournaments and players that we love to see. And so for all of a sudden the day before the tournament for them to come out and say, oh, hey, by the way, this isn't coming out till August now. That's that's the only thing people read for the most part. They saw yeah. that and they yeah. were pissed off. That's and what so, it was. Yeah. And so like Jeff was saying, they they talk about everything and anything in the press conference or the press notes and how many people actually read throughout the whole thing. <laughs> I, we did. I mean, we, well, yeah, we, we read most of we, it. We read a good majority <laughs> of it, but I wasn't sitting there like, oh, my gosh, I got to read every single detail of it. That's yeah. just not who I am as a person. But, you know, I, did you ever kinda, in school? They're like, hey, sign this piece yeah, of paper. No, yeah. yeah so, like, here's a quiz. Yeah. Um, make sure, you know, you read all the questions yeah. before you answer. And the last one's like, hey, don't answer any yeah, of these questions. Exactly. Sign one of them, your name. <laughs> yeah, one of them was like, here's 10 questions. You know, sign up. The, the first one is, okay, sign your name at the bottom. But if you don't read till number nine, where it says, hey, do not sign at the bottom or you fail this test. <laughs> it was like everyone, 99% of us failed. And then our principal came in, took the same test and got that's, it right. So that's that's my fun story about that. <laughs> that's but, marketing 101, actually, yeah. in, in graphic design. They know what you're going to read first, what you're going to read second, what you're going to read third. Yeah. And they write it out that way. So, I mean, I would say this. There's no knock on the Disc Golf Pro Tour. I don't think on anybody, actually. I think there's no criticism. Because if I can see the whole picture, 
I applaud everybody. Yeah. Can I understand why some people were bothered? Yes, because especially the timing, like you yeah. said. I mean, the, the, you and I were talking about it. Yeah. We literally said, hey, it's like tomorrow. It's the, And then all of a sudden, it, it's like, it, it's not it there. It had me worried. When we were reading it, I was kind of like, dang, like <laughs> no Jomez this weekend? You like, did. Come on. There's such a great field there. I, I'll be honest. I was like that. But am I excited to see what happens in the future of it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so many people talk about growing the sport, grow the sport, grow the sport. And tonight we talked about kids disc golf and how that's going to be one of the biggest things and having better tours. But and, you know, people comment on the live stream that we're doing right now and they're saying, you know, coverage was all right. It was acceptable, could definitely be improved. And I mean, yeah, that's absolutely I mean we can always find something yeah. that needs improvement but comment comment on our show right now what can be improved at we yeah. don't know no i'm kidding and no, no, no. <laughs> we, and some paying, things we don't know but for the five dollar a month how much eight dollars a month if you don't use the uh the the whatever the coupon code yeah. yes it's like eight dollars a month so eight dollars a month that's helping make that coverage better for you guys that is yeah. putting the next thing in place like johnny v was talking about on twitter today that i saw a little bit you know someone was like i want live follow flights and johnny v is like <laughs> hey for a golf uh, tournament to do that it's like a million dollar machine really and, is yeah and they they have a full 18 wheeler trailer with probably 15 people in the back of it doing that one thing talking about you know what's the ball speed come out what's uh the apex <laughs> of the ball in the air and then the actual well, follow flight it, you know, we got to spend a couple bucks to make everything as good as we want it to be. And we're behind, we're behind <laughs> the times. A couple bucks. Yeah. No, I'm saying a couple, that very, like a very... billion dollars. Like my best friend is actually like, he's an electrical engineer, like for creating actual broadcast camera equipment. Like that's his job. Yeah. The stuff you see, and actually I can ask him this, the stuff we see on the back of the CBS Sports Network cameras he designed literally in like CAD or whatever he does. He yep. designs it, prototypes it, tests it out, make sure it works. And then so NHL um, hockey, the yep. Bruins one year, we're in the Stanley Cup finals and they actually fly my friend out to the tournament to literally sit there in case something goes wrong with this one piece of equipment, like just to sit there, just in case it goes wrong. And that's, I should have gone to college, but that's because how incredible this equipment actually is to that point, like to yeah. be able to do replays, to be able to do the slow-mo, crazy slow-mo, the follow flights. I mean, all that stuff, we're talking like not thousands of dollars, like to design it, to have it, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars for, for like one camera <laughs> and then like not the equipment and all that. So that's a whole nother conversation. Maybe we should have somebody on in the broadcast world yeah. sometime. Um, so realistically, I just want to close out on a positive note. I'll say this again. I said it earlier. Disc golfers are literally some of the most generous people yeah. that I know. So for us to say that you shouldn't complain about it, we understand you're generous. It's I think your perspective is just a little off. That's my opinion. Mm -hmm. Donations are always coming in. And I joked with Jeff Spring. Yeah. If we were to say, hey, this is a donation platform, yeah. people are going to pay more than $8 a month to watch it. Yeah. There's going to be people who give $50. And like, it's, it's Look, just I mean, what it is. I, I love watching people play video games like the twitch streamers and the youtube streamers mm -hmm. and it's insane people donate like 500 dollars to their favorite streamer so like, it's insane people are generous people are should we generous. have should we have like a super chat or like a patreon 
Maybe eventually. <laughs> Let us know if you think this show is something you would support, yeah. not to help us get rich, but to continue to do this uh, maybe better, to upgrade our equipment, which mm-hmm. is uh, all these things are opportunities for us to take this to the next level. I'm sitting, I'm just going to be honest where I'm sitting. I'm in my basement. It's a multi-use yeah. room. Maybe uh, I want to sit in my basement. If yeah. you <laughs> if you heard in the beginning of the show, people were saying there was like this reverb echo and that's because one of my messing kids up the show man. exactly they came down and turned some knobs apparently and i had to play investigator and find out live while we're recording i'm gonna have to take away their discs <laughs> this is unacceptable um so anyways this was an epic show this actually this went on yeah, yeah this was a good long show but i think there's a lot of good topics here let us yeah. know if you liked it um, and I'll say this again. Would you like the video? That helps. I'm just telling you all things that help us grow. Share it. Share it. Subscribe. And subscribe. We're doing, we announced earlier, we're doing the 500 subscriber uh, giveaway. It's the birdie game that Steve and Todd Dodge came out with. So Matt and I are going to check through, figure out who is the 47th subscriber because that's who won it. Keep talking. And then uh, <laughs> for the 1,000 subscriber giveaway, I've already talked about how I'm going to give a proto zeus one of the uh the kongs with the paul Macbeth stamp on it the proto ones i've got some pretty sweet swirly ones back at the house and uh i'm happily going to give that away to someone in the thousand subscriber range yeah i don't know if i'm going to be able to pull it up live here but nah, we're right. we're gonna we're gonna contact the person somehow some way here we'll do it through youtube probably because that's where they're at um but we will look up the yeah. 47th subscriber in the list that we have um so yeah this thanks, was an- yeah thanks for tuning in everyone this was a super fun episode having nate who i'd call a good friend of mine now and uh jeff spring who has been a good friend of mine for like four years now at this point so to have two really awesome people in the sport two of the best tournament directors that the sport has ever seen and the ceo of the pro tour i mean come on that's pretty awesome guys so uh appreciate you tuning in comment like subscribe on itunes youtube facebook i think that's it (laughs) (laughs) that is it the review would be important for us if you're listening this far doing an actual review on itunes would be spectacular for us um all of these forms of engagement help boost us up if you're saying all the things you're saying and you like this continue to do that all right give us some topics yeah give us topics (laughs) we're always looking to talk about stuff all right we do this every week we're going to run out of things to say eventually oh heads up to people next week the plan is to have uh chuck kennedy talk about ratings with us if that's something at all you might be bored by that but the reality is there's a lot of mysteries out there about ratings ratings He'll be are on. the best worst and then thing in disc golf. nick is going to be traveling i yeah. think somewhere down south to somebody with the last name Macbeth. maybe i don't know but you're going to do a show somewhere from down in that area then you're traveling out to d glow is that correct yeah. so yeah. that show might be not happening for us i don't think i'm going to do it by myself if we have the well, guest which i have a guest that's possibly yeah, lined up yeah, and yeah. maybe if you have some time we'll play it by ear you will join the show. Yeah. So potentially next week, potentially going down to Virginia. Um, I should be able to find a spot with some good internet because we all joke that Paul has the worst internet in the world. <laughs> You're going to have to go <laughs> no. somewhere else. Yeah, no, I'll find a good spot. I'll Skype on in. I'll make sure I've got my good microphone with me so that the quality will still be hopefully as good as it is now. I'll and be then, lonely. Yeah. And then D-Glow, <laughs> when I'm there in Michigan, I will uh, obviously try to get on the show, but it all depends. So anyways... Everyone, we really, really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. To our podcast listeners in the future, thank you so much <laughs> for tuning in. It, this is incredibly fun. We love doing it. You know. Subscribe. When we get to a thousand, Nick's giving away something. All yeah. right, guys. Peace out. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Peace. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Nick and Matt Show. Be sure to check us out on your favorite social platform and subscribe on iTunes.